This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> To the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for something for the weekend, it's Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, 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 hello. How are you doing? All right. Are you snowed in? Uh, yeah, I am actually. It's a wonderful spring. I, I was getting excited because, as Steve Bruce once uh, said, the season starts when the daffodils pop up. And the daffodils have gone back in. <laughs> the daffodils started to pop up and now they've gone back in after being crushed by uh, a good few inches of snow in the Birmingham area anyway. Indeed. But let's not get snowed in because we are fast approaching the magic hour. Do you know what the magic hour is? Two o'clock on a Sunday? Oh, two o'clock on the Sunday. Yeah, forget about your three o'clock on the Saturday and those people harking back wanting fixtures uh, i mean uh, we we finally got a win uh, at three o'clock on uh, saturday but it hasn't really served villa well that time but two o'clock on the sunday a bit more magical think back four nil against brentford three one against manchester united two nil away at spurs the way win against brighton next up west ham and we're going to need all the magic we can possibly muster because what is it nine games we haven't beaten them now we haven't beaten them since we came back up have we it's a shocker and longer if you factor in the you know the relegation season and this is a West Ham team that are, are very much up and down, very much like Moyes used to be at Everton. One season you're challenging for the European spots, the next season you're fighting relegation. And uh, this seems to be something he's repeated at West Ham as well. He can't consistently seem to change a team. It's it's, uh, it's a bit more zigzaggy. Anyway, something for the weekend where we just like catch up. Uh, we're actually recording this before Emery's press conference, so uh, we don't have the definitive update on Bubaka Kamara's situation, which is the main reason uh, people will be tuning in for the uh, the press conference. But he's very, very unlikely to play against West Ham, so it's, it's pretty much immaterial for this show anyway. But we like yes. to kick things off by having a Villa Minute. Right. Mr. Bud, are you ready to give us... I am ready. 
an update on what's been happening in the Villaverse in 60 seconds. I am indeed. Well, get on with it. I will. <laughs> Villa backed up their away win at Everton with a return to winning ways at Villa Park with a hard-fought victory over Crystal Palace, chalking up their first home clean sheet since Brentford along the way. It was more grind than the beautiful game, but the Eagles, without a win in 2023, and notable draw specialists certainly played a part in that. Although they almost changed the game's destiny early doors when Zahar raced clear to round Martinez net, only for VAR to save Villa's bacon. Playing out from the back has been the buzz phrase of recent weeks for Villa, and furthermore patient, pragmatic version to the approach was rewarded. It was a brilliant move through the phases, eventually involving Kamara to McGinn, a defence-splitting pass to Cash, and his cross was diverted into his own net by Anderson for what would prove to be the winner. Watkins should have levelled Andy Gray's top-flight record of six goals in six games, but somehow shot wide when put through <sighs> by, by Buendia in another picture-book Villa move. Head at the break and Villa's game to go on and dominate, it felt. The second half fell into a drab, scrappy affair with tackles flying in and no flow to the game before things got spicy. Decore cut Kamara in half and then just three minutes later, Rashley went over the ball on sub-chambers for his inevitable marching orders. Down to ten men, it was stick or twist for Villa. They chose to stick. As it finished 1-0, Villa pulled seven points clear of Palace, consolidating 11th place, where according to Opta, they have a 35% chance of finishing. Concerns mm-hmm. 100%, now shifted, 100%. 100%. It's, it's a given. Concerns now shifted to the injury to Kamara ahead of the season running. Next up is a crack at David Moyes' impressive record of 13 Premier League games without a loss against Villa. As Emery's boys travel to West Ham, a team they haven't beaten in their last nine. How have we gone 13 games without beating David Moyes? Unbelievable. How did we lose to them earlier in the season as well? That Villa Park game was just... No one deserved to win that game. As I said, David Moyes' team, traditionally, you know, they battle for Europe, but also they uh, mess around in the relegation zone. Why haven't we been beating them when they've been messing around in the relegation zone? You know, West Ham in recent years haven't been a vintage team, have they? Uh, Not really. They had a good little spell, didn't they? Um, Like last year, yeah, and, and the year after relegation. But they've not been like... Not brilliant. We've, you know, we failed to beat them both time, you know, both matches the, the year we first came up when we probably should have won both of them. This would be a good time to do it, though. This is one of the depressing things about uh, when you preview games uh, on something for the weekend is when you're previewing games against teams that you would, as a Villa fan, let's admit it, uh, consider Villa to be uh, above in terms of legacy and history. And then you look at their recent Premier League record and, they, and they're wiping the floor with us. This is uh, something we need to change over the next we few do. years we're not just talking about uh, this season we're talking about the next decade so chop chop Emery chop chop let's get to work uh, team news by the time you listen to this well you won't have a clearer idea I don't think because uh, I don't think much will change uh, Kamara no. you would expect to be out uh, when we say a month that essentially means uh, if he misses the next two games uh, there's, there is a week a fortnight of international break Mm-hmm. so uh, it would be pure speculation at this stage to say if he'll be out for much longer than that so uh, stay tuned to that press conference Coutinho you're not going to see until uh, the other side of the in- international break either probably we've the suggest- same for Carlos I would have yeah thought. we've suggested Carlos there's no real need to rush him back at this I wonder stage. if he'll have like a maybe like a behind closed doors game in that break just to get a few of the guys who haven't been playing the international break play. would be a, a, a more a plausible Mm-hmm. I mean, is it worth even mentioning Jed Steer? Uh, Probably not. No. Will he even play for Villa again? Probably not. Probably not. So let's not mention him ever we again. just did. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the current form against West Ham, uh, never mind uh, no wins in nine games. Uh, we lost the last five against them. 
that's not good, that is it? I mean, there's that one game at Villa Park when Dean Smith rested Mings and we got absolutely tonked. That oh, one, you four can, one, wasn't it? That was awful. You can probably take that on the chin and think, well, West Ham were doing well at that time. Mm-hmm. Villa were all over the place. But then more recently, I mean, uh, that one this season, it's like, how the, how the hell do you let that shit team turn up at Villa Park and walk away with a 1-0 win? Dreadful, wasn't it, that one? They, they were on a bad run of form at that time. They were, yeah. I mean, we hadn't particularly started the season well, but it, it was just an atrocious game of football. And I, I, I fear the game at their place at the weekend will probably be similar. Yeah. I, I, can't, I just can't see this one being a particularly good game of football. Yeah. How they're playing and how we're setting up. And obviously, because they play in Europe on Thursday, you don't quite know what team they'll play at the weekend. I think, I mean, they're, they're under pressure to get results. So they probably need to, to put a run of results together here, especially after obviously getting humbled at, at Brighton last week. Yeah, I don't think this will be uh, a, a pretty game. I mean, the, this narrative, oh, Villa are learning to win games ugly. Well, it's not that. I think the Palace one was a win ugly. I, I saw a clip on Twitter of another podcast and a certain gentleman making out this narrative that Villa are winning games. I've learned to beat lesser teams ugly, and this is a great sign for Emery. But you know they've forgotten about Leicester. They've forgotten about Wolves. These are recent games where we we haven't beaten teams that were lower than us, and you know Wolves were in the bottom three. Stevenage. I think we we play better. It seems against the uh, better teams. Yeah. We're not consistently putting teams that are below us to bed, put it that way. No. Because no. that's just factually in- incorrect. Yeah, I think winning ugly against a team you should beat maybe is flattering to deceive, but I understand we're in transition. I get that, like the Palace game. There's certain games where maybe you're actually making harder work of harder work of it than it should be. Yeah. And that's all part of the process. I accept it, but it's it's how you frame it. And and I and I also think there's to me, winning ugly is maybe finding a way against a team or in a game that you maybe wouldn't expect to win, like Villa found a way to, you know, normally you'd, you'd think maybe the, the Tottenham away win, you'd have to win that ugly. Well, actually, we kind of walked that one, didn't we, in the end? It was actually quite an easy an yeah. easy win in the second half there. Wolves should have been a win ugly, because Wolves played well on the day. If he'd have got the win in that one, you'd say that was a bit of a smash and grab. Southampton was probably that, because I don't think we played well, but I didn't think Southampton were great either. And Palace, really. But the thing is, Palace we were poor. We haven't got a level where we're playing good and then, you know, no. we've dropped a level and we've managed to win that ugly. That, that's not a narrative at the moment. The Palace one was an example of how you win ugly, but it's perhaps a game where, you you know, you're playing 10 men for 30 minutes. You've and re- a team relied on so own, little ambition. You've relied on a known goal. And, you know, Palace are a tough nut to crack, even though they are winless this year. They do draw mm-hmm. a lot of games. So that one... I think that's fair enough, but the other ones have been kind of uh, wins despite not playing very well. It's not as if, but we're not playing. It's not like we're consistently beating teams below us because we haven't. We should have won that Leicester game. We should have won the Wolves game. It's, it's kind of as simple mm-hmm. as that. We we played quite well against Leicester in in patches. It's just like we're throwing the games away. We played mm-hmm. better against Leicester than we did against Palace. Than you know than we did against Leeds, Southampton. But it's just throwing you know throwing the game away. And you know even the Arsenal game we played we played well. Obviously playing yeah, a good did, team, but again, threw that one away and also, you know, bad refereeing decisions on the day as well, Costas. Yep. So the body of evidence isn't conclusive at the moment in terms of Villa being able to have that mentality that we will beat the teams below us. And that's a, that's kind of a, you know, a, a three out of four given. But if we beat West Ham and Bournemouth, then I think we're, we're getting on that path. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, you have to take these opportunities in the season because actually when you look at our running and if we want to finish where we say we want to finish, 
you've actually got some very hard games to finish the season. There needs to be more of a, uh, you know, you've got to you've got to beat well, or at least get four points out of these next two games, or else uh, it's. It's not much of a transition, but also at, at the same time, uh, we're kind of learning on a job, on the job yeah, as a team. So, you know, it's, it, we're not jumping to any con- finite conclusions uh, because they are learning. And if, you know, results, as long as you're getting enough to A, keep you out of the relegation places. And I think we're pretty much there on that. And then kind of keep you, I mean, Villa want to finish top half. That's still very much on. I, I can't see them based on how they're playing across the board. I can't see them hitting those European spots because we're not we're not going through the gears, are we? We're not kind of galloping. Not yet. I mean, it, it could happen at any time. You just don't know. But you don't. It doesn't feel like that's our approach. I think we tried to maybe do that a little bit against Leicester, and, and let's be fair, failed. The, the more pragmatic approach has done that. So I think it's. But also, we've lost. We're losing players as well. Yeah, we're losing players, and we've lost ground. You know, we, we, we I think ultimately, our, our, I mean, our form. I mean, the form guide under Emery is is, is really good, and it, the curve is definitely going in the right direction. So it's not been negative, but I think we'll we will ultimately pay for the the Gerard start to the season that we were just so bad that we are playing catch up on you know Fulham, Brighton, even Brentford to a certain extent. Yeah, we could probably reel one of them in. I can't see us reeling all of them in, and I mean, you factor Chelsea potentially getting a house in order as well. But you can talk about, you know, form under Emery, but since Emery's come to Villa, Brentford haven't lost a game and they're above us no. in the table in terms of just games played since Emery's... And that's why we haven't really made a dent, have we? We've been yeah. sat in 11th for a while now because the teams around us have all been getting results. We've done actually well to just keep within something resembling touching distance of these teams. Yeah, and pretty much the achievement is it's it, it's wiped away any potential relegation sweat from our foreheads uh, we, you know we haven't felt that for for weeks have we really and a nice gap now on on 12th where really you shouldn't be any lower than 11th now but anyway enough of uh, the general picture uh... a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. West Ham 
I think it's still a, it's a tricky place to go. I think their home forms... It's improved, hasn't it, since the turn of the year. I think they lost the last three at home before Christmas, but then since yeah. the turn of the year, they've actually been getting results. They've had a couple of wins, soil. couple of wins and a draw. They obviously lost the, the three before that. It's kind of put a dent in their uh, overall home form picture. They're 13th, actually one place below Villa in terms of the home returns. Villa away from home... I mean, before Emery, we were probably the worst, weren't we? Winless. Dreadful. Now we look pretty good. Since Emery's got there, we are the third best away form after Arsenal, Manchester City. Overall now, for the season, we are eighth with four wins, all under Emery. Two draws, six losses. And I feel more comfortable away from home in terms of... Suits our approach, I think. Against any other team apart from West Ham, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously going to Man City. Yeah, yeah. I think I think just playing away from home maybe suits it, it. It plays into the way we we play best at the moment. Obviously, you know when you play at home, you have that little bit more of an impetus on you, on you to to go and win the game. Um, which you know at one 0 against Palace, I know a lot would have been a bit frustrated that didn't Villa didn't go on and kill the game, but we kind of shut up shop and got the win. I think there could be a bit of that at West Ham, where if you can get yourselves ahead, you probably try and manage the game a little bit. I don't think we're going to go you know go to West Ham and go well they've they've been struggling. Let's just go and blow them away. The thing about West Ham this season, they're actually in the bottom three in terms of possession in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at 40, 43%. I mean, just for the record, Villa are 12th, uh, 48%. But bottom three in terms of possession, that shows you, you know, it tells you a lot of uh, what to expect. I think mm-hmm. we'll see a bit more of the ball than we'll anticipate. I'll be interested to see West Ham's approach to, uh, I don't think they'll be that hard in terms of pressing us uh, when, we, when we're playing it out the back. I think they'll let us come to them. Probably, yeah. They'll probably let us have the ball in our half and just can be, you know, kind of. It might be just two really pragmatic teams who kind of go, "Go on, you move. No, you move. No, you, no, you." And it's a bit of a chess match. A little bit like, the, you know, again as I said earlier, like the Palace game. Because a couple of weeks ago in Emery's clipboard, one kind of startling fact that reared its head. Uh, we did an Emery's clipboard, and it was uh, expected goals against. And West Ham were, you would expect them to be in the, one of the highest, but they're actually sixth lowest in the league. So expected goals against, not many. What do you put that down to Rice and Suchek's, uh, you know, DM? Maybe. I mean, they're both good players. They've not been in, you know, they've not been hitting the heights of previous years, but that was probably always going to happen eventually. But in terms of pragmatically stu- cutting down uh, the amount of chances the opposition have, that that yeah. could be because that's something you don't really see when you watch a game uh, or well let's say if you're just seeing highlights of, of games or whatever of a position team so they, they could be doing their job in that respect I think they've just obviously been struggling to score goals I mean the ninth least ninth least in the uh, in the league in terms of conceding so they're not conceding the amount of goals their league position suggests they would do and, and, and same as expected goals against so it's 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 the other end of the pitch, and obviously that's why they uh, they rushed out to get Danny Ings off us. Danny yeah. Ings has a reputation for scoring against his old teams. I don't know if that's because there's so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, He's always going to get a chance at some point. But he actually likes playing against Villa. I think there's only Everton. I think he scored five against Villa, six against Everton. Everton are the only team he scored more against than Villa. This is a, a stat that's always attributed to like top goal scorers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They always like playing against Villa, like you know. 
Robbie Fowler and Lampard, Ronaldo, you know, all their top tallies are against Villa in terms of, uh, you know, the team has scored the most against. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts, if they, you know, if they throw him in from the start in that one. Well, let's look at the threats of a threat meeting. Interesting uh, recent results, but there's been a slight improvement in form until they played Brighton at the Amex and got slapped 4 0. They did big time, didn't they? They had uh, Ings up top and then kind of three. With uh, Bowen playing a bit deeper, Ben Rama on the wide side of things, and then a two Rice Suchek, obviously, and then four. But then if you look at, uh, they obviously fancied it a bit more against Forest when they beat Forest 4 0. That was their last. Fucking hell, they're getting crowds of 62,000. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Relatively. The, the last two home games, Forest and Chelsea. Now, where do they see Villa in terms of respect? Because against Chelsea, they played kind of how they do uh, away from home with that one up top. They had Bowen and uh, Ben Rama slightly deeper off the front one. And then they, they actually played uh, three at the back with Emerson and Kufal playing a bit more up, supporting the, just to basically put bodies in that midfield. So three at the back. But against Forrest, they played more of a uh, regular 4-3-3 with Ben Rama, Ings, uh, Bowen up top. So it'd be interesting to see if they feel the need to pad out the midfield a bit more because obviously you saw what happened when Villa played Everton and they just that kind of, you know, McGinn and Ramsey coming in a bit uh, rather than playing more wider midfielders, you get more of a four in there, don't you, as opposed to yeah. uh, threes that you kind of come up so you can you can outdo them so whether West Ham either bring up their full backs and play three at the back as they did against Chelsea or do what they did against Brighton and you know drop Bowen and Ben Rama a bit more into midfield than playing alongside Ings mm-hmm. be interesting to see if they approach us like a Forest or a Chelsea they surely you look yeah. at us on paper and you think well we've got to do something to stop them it's not like you think well we'll just play our, our own way and uh, that should be enough to beat these like they they thought against forest and it worked yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean forest defensively have been bad i think i think villa are, while the previous games you know before everton well, and shipped uh, eight goals Palace, in two good. games yep 11 in 3 Yep, and then recent, but in recent we've been a lot more pragmatic. I think that, that they'll probably be interested in terms of well, if, well, clearly Kamara won't play. Who actually plays in there? That will be the big decision for Emery going into this one. Do you bring you know, Dendonka in? Do you maybe play someone like an Ashley Young in there? Um, do you move McGinn and play someone out wide? No, I, th- I think it's I think it's simple. Uh, obviously, we'll know on the press conference whether Dendonka is available. If he's available, I think he plays. And then mm-hmm. the pecking orders Chambers. I think. He's not going to uh, dismantle the, the midfield system of having that uh, Ramsey and McGinn being able to uh, play further up to bring back McGinn. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people are saying, "Oh, bring back McGinn." Well, it's probably the same people that are saying, "You got to play McGinn forward. You got to play McGinn forward." It, it just it didn't work. It's not going to work all of a sudden. You know, it's not going to work by trying it again. It's like if you, you know, what's the uh, the saying where if you if you do the same thing, you just repeat your mistakes. Yeah, well, yeah. If you if you sort of try something over and over again and it continues to not work, that's yeah. just stupidity, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah it becomes stupidity. So I think if Dendonka's available, I think he will get the start because mm-hmm. you know, bar the headline kind of uh, mistake against Stevenage, which is also partly the goalkeeper's fault. Uh, yep. If my memory serves me, uh, he's been pretty tidy. Yep. 
I mean, when he came on uh, the last time, he was he's reliable, back, isn't he? He's dependable. Doing back and heelers open, and all kinds um, of things, wasn't he? He's, he's, he's comfortable on the ball, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and because he's not quite so mobile as Kamara or Louise, I think you can rely on him to just do the deep role and you can allow Louise to maybe be a little bit more progressive, which I think Louise is yeah. quite good at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but basically, it gives, it gives the him a little bit more yeah. responsibility. Yeah, the onus is on Louise to basically turn uh, defence into attack and yep. uh, Dendonka... Yeah. At least also fits the physical profile in terms of the height of Kamara, so you're not losing anything defending set especially pieces. Against, yeah, especially against Rice, Suchek in the middle who are tall, and they've got you know they've got big lads at the back. Their the, yeah. the profile of the, the West Ham team is, is is quite tall. So that would believe me if he's available. Then Dendonka starts, and then you got to remember you're playing away from home, and Emery wants focusing more now on clean sheets. So I think Chambers would be the next in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think you really have to think further past that. Probably then it's not. just then it's more right. What, who who are you playing up front? Are you playing Bailey? I don't think you change too much to the Palace game bar Kamara for Dendonka. I think you basically start with the same team. I, I, it would interest me if he thinks he wants to play Dina over Moreno. Yeah. Does that there. choice actually make you uh, concerned or is it you don't really care? I, I've got to the point where I don't care who plays out mind, of those two. Honest. I don't mind, Because I think you, you kind of you offset, you know, you know Moreno can come off the bench and give you forward a thrust, as it were. I think Dina can, he's a lot more pragmatic. You saw that in the Palace game where he came on, but he wasn't driving forward. Yeah. So, sorry, in terms of the threats of West Ham. I'd go with Bowen, Jared Bowen. But Ings' record... I still refuse to come out and acknowledge Bowen uh, just because he's he's so one-footed that I think professional footballers should be a, yeah. have a bit more balance uh, to be able to play with both feet. But that's just being a traditionalist. I mean, Bowen's their top scorer. He's only scored four goals. That gives you an inkling to why they got Ings in. I mean, Ings has already got half that total by scoring two mm-hmm. in one game. Yeah, I think the game, this, the way this pans out is Villa have got to stay tight and then nick it. You take your opportunity and be and be clinical, which we've we've shown we can. We showed it at Everton, showed it against Palace, shown it in various other games. Just got to. It could be a bit of a you know more more of the same from Villa kind of game. But yeah, in terms of out and out threats, it's it's hard to say that West Ham have got anything above the ordinary. I mean, it's of you know you, you can make a case for threats for like for example Palace, and you knew that Everton their main threat would be from set pieces and you know potentially uh, centre backs just the way that Deitch would set that up but for West Ham it's this, they're a capable team if they click there's not that much difference from this team yeah. that you know wiped us 4-1 at Villa Park no and West Ham have shown on on, on home soil they can take it to anyone you know they've been getting results yeah. against most of the big teams in recent years so with West Ham it's not it's not so much individual threats it's more if that team clicks then you've got a problem yeah. with that said Paul's panel result what are you thinking I'm going to go for, I think uh, Villa will consider a point at West Ham. I think their West Ham's team, if it clicks, doesn't really belie their league position still. I, I would I would say, mm-hmm. you know, the fact, they're in Euro- the fact they're in Europe uh, may have been a distraction. So I said, if you get a draw there, then uh, it's not a bad result, put it that way. Especially if I think if you follow it up with the you know, the Bournemouth game with a positive result, then your run becomes a, a you know a worthwhile tally of points. Yeah, I, I say I say draw, but I we are I I think we can win this one. I think we can win this one. I don't I don't think we'll lose it to be honest. So what are you going for conclusively? Away win, right? Reluctantly, <laughs> unconvincingly, but away win. Ever the optimist. 
Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the show. Also, thank you very much uh, to the My Man Said members for supporting the show. Please do go to myomansaid.com and click the members link to get more details if you also want to support the show and get ad-free episodes, extra shows, and also membership of Match Club, which we will be having the traditional live away day podcast that we do in Match Club. So if you want to uh, get involved in that, everybody uh, gets involved and partakes. It's not just listening, then uh, please do join up and join us. And don't forget to uh, follow the show on whatever podcast app you listen to so you get notifications as soon as it pops. Any final words? Not from me. Can we break this nine game? We've got to, really. Run against West Ham, this 13 game attrition against David Moyes. Yeah, Emery's had a knack of, you know, ending these runs, so... So many of them. He's he's going to have his work cut out. We're probably going to have to extend (laughs) his contract to, like, 15 years just to get rid of all our hoodoos. Just to get us back to parity. Yeah, clear the mess up. He's the cleaner. He's like Leon, the professional, if you uh, know the film reference I'm referring to. Right, good luck cleaning up the Moyes mess. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.